Blog Talk Radio. You have just tuned in to the Midweek Pick-Me-Up Energy Show, featuring professional officiant, tuning fork facilitator, and author, Marcy Ann Chi. In 1988, Marcy Ann discovered the quantum fields of energy and vibration, and since then her life has been a day-to-day experiment in knowing how to live in light energy for happiness, health, and wealth. She shares the principles and laws of light energy as they operate in everyday life, and now, here is Marcy Ann. Hello, everyone. I just got back from a little mini family reunion in St. Louis. My son and his wife live there, and so Southwest Airlines has just now had uh, started a straight-through flight from Orange County John Wayne Airport to St. Louis Lambert Airport, so I just can get on the plane here and get off in St. Louis. And um, <clears throat> my sister and her husband drove over from Indianapolis, and my brother and his wife drove over from southern Indiana uh, to be to, for us all to be able to be together. Well, 16 years ago when we were at our mother's funeral, and there were four of us at that time, and we discussed then that we should make a pact and choose to get together once a year from then on as a fun thing, a fun family thing to do, and not have all the rest of the times that we would be together to be at funerals. You know, I guess that is the most common family get-together, isn't it? Either at a funeral or a wedding. (laughs) But the next time we were together was at our brother's funeral. And at dinner, dinner afterwards, we looked at each other and we said, "Here, well, here we are. We're all together at another funeral. Didn't we decide not to do this? Well, the next time we were together was at our deceased brother's daughter's wedding. Oh, it was so hard for all of us. His picture was up there on the altar, and he didn't get to walk her down the aisle, and If our sister-in-law hadn't been remarried by that time, I don't think she would have even been able to go to the wedding. Her son walked her down the aisle as the mother of the bride, and and she quickly sat down next to her new husband and just held on tight. She cried all the way through, and I did too. My niece had discussed the possibility of me actually doing the ceremony for her, but then her fiancé had a best friend who was also a pastor, and they chose him to do the ceremony because he was the pastor of the denomination of her fiancé, and I'm a non-denominational minister. Well, it was a good thing she didn't choose me because I ended up just crying through the whole wedding along with my sister-in-law and my sister. So this time to get together in St. Louis now has been our very first time to get together in the original idea that we had had at our mother's funeral, just to get together to see each other and look at photographs and tell stories and laugh and just love one another. Now, those of you who listen to my show regularly know that I'm having a journaling class at my home right now. 
a Ph.D. professor from Columbia University is teaching it. It's in a series of eight-week sessions on Mondays from 10 to 12. And one form of journaling is to dialogue with a person. Now, that person can be alive or dead. It can be a real person or a fictional person. It can be God or the devil, a relative, a boyfriend, ex-husband, I mean anybody. Anybody that you would like to have a conversation with. And you start out by saying what you want to say to them. You can ask them a question, tell them off, whatever you need to say. And then you write back to yourself for them. You write what you think they would say or what you would like to have them say to you or what you know they'd say because you've heard them say it a hundred (laughs) times. And then then you write back what you want to say back to them and then you write what they say back to you and so on and so on. Now, as I have been practicing this form of journaling, I, I have had a very significant spiritual experience. Because it's like as you do this writing back for your back and forth, you know, first for yourself and then for the other person, there actually begins to be a real dialogue in the spiritual realm between your two souls. So I decided to do a journal with my siblings before I went for the visit. And I wrote out everything that I wanted to say to them. Because, see, I'm the oldest, and then my sister is next, and then the brother who was passed, and then the baby brother. I'm 11 years older than my youngest brother. You know, he had told me at a visit here to my home here in California four years ago that he never, ever remembered me even ever being in the home. He said, you were always gone. Well, that was true, because I spent as little time at home as possible. It was just too hard for me to be there. I couldn't wait to get away from home. I mean, I left as soon as I could. You know, the way it is with the kids today is they practically never leave home. I mean, there's kids 20, 22, 25, 30 years old still living at home. Because parents today have made life so wonderful for their children. They never want to leave. And even so, life is so expensive today, even if the kids might want to leave, they, they can't afford to. You know, here in Orange County, rents start at 13.50 a month for a one-bedroom apartment, plus your utilities. And my friend Jackie lives in Irvine. Her one-bedroom apartment is 18.50. And car insurance is real expensive out here. I mean, even if you got a job 40 hours a week, even if you got the minimum wage of $15 an hour, you couldn't afford to rent a one-bedroom apartment here in the OC. <clears throat> so my brother said, you know, you were never home, so I didn't feel like I ever even knew you. And he said, I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories about you from all the rest of the family, but I want to make up my own opinion about you. So for the last four years, he's been coming out to California for two weeks in the winter, And we've gotten to know each other. And as we have, we've gotten to know more about ourselves, too. We've talked about everything. 
And, you know, right now we're living in the times of revelation and expansion of all of our ideas and beliefs. I mean, nothing is set in stone anymore, is it? A baby born with a penis might feel like a girl. (laughs) Some of us might be aliens. (laughs) And for me, it seems like all the systems we've developed up to now just aren't working anymore. I mean, the educational system isn't set up to handle these special needs kids. Almost all kids coming into the planet today are different. They're not they're wired differently than we are. They either have more strands of DNA in activation than we do or they're wandering souls who grab another chance to get back into the flush to do their dastardly deeds. But they don't any of them fit into structure. And we've got to quit drugging them and hoping that they'll eventually fit in the box because they are never going to. These kids with more DNA codons need to be homeschooled. But a whole new system of homeschooling needs to be set up that includes socialization. And these wandering souls get the chance to incarnate again when ignorant, uninformed, and dysfunctional people continue to have uncontrolled and unbridled sex that produces a baby. And these kids are the ones who are the disruptors in our society, the ones who listen to no one, who break all the rules, have no boundaries, and they cost us millions of dollars every year and are never integrated into life. The answer here is birth control or sterilization, And our political system is so complicated. In its original design, it was to give every man a voice for his vote, with his vote. You know, and in its original intent, it was perhaps the purest system ever designed. But it's been taken over by the media and the money people, and our medical systems being run by the pharmaceutical companies. Ask your doctor. The side effects are only paralysis, blindness, or death. So my brother and I discussed everything, (laughs) and we felt so free to express our ideas and our beliefs. And as we did, our ideas and beliefs were expanded to include each other's ideas and beliefs. We are the only Democrats in our family. You know, however, in my heart, I am a conservative Republican, you know, like Caitlyn Jenner. She's a conservative. conservative Republican in her heart, but she's finding out that the current state of the Republican Party no longer represents the conservative person who believes in individual responsibility and liberty and justice for all. The Republican Party is all about money. That's all. Does it make money? That's all they care about. And the Republican Party is still full of Christians. I mean, Christians like Ted Cruz, Lord have mercy. Christians are the most ignorant people on the planet. And until recently, and actually still today, a lot of them believe that the earth was created in six days. (laughs) And the gospel of Jesus Christ has never been preached yet in the Christian church. How Ted Cruz can talk about what he wants to do about ISIS and then be a Christian is just a mystery to me. Jesus said to love your enemies, walk the second mile, turn the other cheek, pray for those who are despiteful and angry. A Jesus Christian is a passive, 
non-aggressive, patient, and kind person. They would love homosexuals or transgenders, murderers, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in one of our discussions, my brother said, I just used to tell the people in my office, beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down here. (laughs) And he spent his career in the woods. He was a forester for the state of Indiana, teaching the people how to conserve their forests and keep them healthy. He thinks of a forest as a living being, a complete ecosystem that is interdependent and mostly in balance. And his communion with the trees and the animals and the rocks and the flowers kept him sane, he says, in this crazy life that humans have brought here upon the earth. And I said, well, you know what? Humans are still very primitive. The human is still at the very low level of its evolution. We have a long, long way to go. (laughs) And he would say, amen, sister. So before I went to St. Louis to see my brother and my sister, I journaled with them. I want to make sure that I said everything to them that I wanted to say before I got there. So the channels were clear, and there would be nothing in my stream of consciousness that might come out that could cause harm or hurt or disruption during our visit. I wrote eight pages to my sister, and I asked her a lot of questions, and mostly she said, I don't know. But at least I opened up the dialogue in the spirit of all there is, and while I was there, I was able to tell her that if she ever needed to, she could come and live with me always. Our visit was just wonderful. It wasn't near long enough, but... It was long enough that we felt like we had been together. So I'm proposing today (laughs) that if you have any issues in your family, I mean, I know two sisters who fought over their father's worn-out bathrobe after he died, and they've never spoken to one another since. I mean, this just shouldn't be. If we can't get along with our closest blood relatives, how in the world are we going to be able to get along with our enemies? How can we love our enemies when we can't even love our closest family? You know, there's a mystical idea that souls incarnate together over and over and over, and that's sometimes called your soul family. I actually believe that we are not individual souls, that we are a corporate soul, but that is a complicated idea and not to be explored at this time. And it is simpler to think in terms of being an individual soul and to consider that perhaps souls do incarnate together. And your family would be some of the souls that you have agreed to be with and probably over and over again. Now, we incarnate together for enjoyment, but also to learn and to evolve. I had a different father than the other three kids, and this made for a different type of rhythm in my relationship with them and their relationship with me. Their relationship with each other had a different rhythm. So if you have a different rhythm with someone in your family, then I suggest that you journal with them. Just start a dialogue and write out what you would like to say to them 
and then write back to yourself what you think they would say to you. And over a series of dialogues, you will find out that there will be an expansion in your relationship, and the rhythm will change. And perhaps the two of you will begin to love and accept one another. Usually at the root of all family disputes is money. And Jesus said that the love of money is the root of all evil. If we love money more than we love a person, then we will be drawn into paths that are going to cause dissent and disruption within the soul family. I mean, every day on Judge Judy, families are torn apart over money, leaving the courtroom, vowing to never speak to one another again. Just so sad. When our mother died, my sister and her husband did all the money part of settling her affairs. It was done equitably and also according to our mother's desires. Our mother was very vocal about what she wanted done when she passed, and she told us who got what before she died. And she wrote down on paper in her own handwriting what she wanted, who she wanted to have what. Now, it wasn't a will. It was just these slips of paper. It wouldn't be legal in court. But we all knew she had done this. And we all knew it was her own handwriting. And we all wanted her desires to be realized. So everything was smooth and easy. And some got more than others. But it was according to what Mother wanted. And we accepted this. I got $10,000 and I bought a piano. <laughs> you know, it was terribly important to my mother that I play, a pian- play the piano because my father was a brilliant pianist, one of the things about him that she was attracted to. And she believed that because I was his child, that surely I had talent for the piano. Well, as it worked out, I do read music very well. I can take a sheet of music that I've never seen and sit down and play it. But as far as my talent to play the piano, I'm just a very structured, read the music and play the note kind of piano player kind of life without a lot of of emotion. (laughs) And so I've always been very happy, though, that I could sit down and play a piano. And uh, several years ago, my, uh, my son and his wife and I were on a tour of the Queen Mary ship in Long Beach, and the tour guide took us into the ballroom, and there was this grand piano. And the tour guide told us everyone that had played that that particular piano, he said, President Harry Truman, Liberace, Roger Williams, Elvis, Cab Calloway, just to name a few. <laughs> and then he said, anybody here play the piano? And my son said real loud, yes, my mom plays. <laughs> and the tour guide said, well, mom, come and play us a song. I, I just was astonished <laughs> There were 75 people on this tour. I hadn't practiced. I mean, what to do, what to do. So I walked over to the piano. I sat down, and I played Amazing Grace. People cried. (laughs) They came up to me afterwards and gave me hugs, and everyone said how much they enjoyed it. That song was sung at my mother's funeral, one said. That's my most favorite song, another one said. 
And when I had moved to California, I had left my upright grand, grand piano that could still be tuned to concert pitch in Indiana with my sister, who then gave it to her daughter. And I hadn't had a piano since I lived in California. So it seems so natural to think in terms of using the money I got from mother to buy the piano. And just yesterday, <laughs> two workers were repairing an interior pipe in the building uh, where my apartment is. And I had my door open and I said hello to them. And they saw the piano. And the one worker said, do you play Mozart? And I said, well, I can. And so I played a minuet for them, and then I played The Marriage of Figaro. And they just loved it. <laughs> so take a look around you. What part of your soul family goes in and out of your space on a regular basis? What part of your soul family are you mad at? or you've had an argument with? What part of your soul family is your best friend or maybe even your soul mate? Let's just decide today to get together with our family on a regular basis just to know each other and to love each other and just not see each other at funerals. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. You can contact Marcy Ann on her website, www.marcyann.com. You can also view all of Marcy Ann's videos on YouTube by putting Marcy Ann in the YouTube search window. You can download her book for free at www.mrwriteforme.com. And if you want to go into business for yourself, Take a look at Marcy Ann's Weddings and Celebrations Business Startup Course at www.weddingofficiantschool.com. The Middle of the Week Pick Me Up Energy Show is broadcast live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Coast Time from Marcy Ann's Studios in Southern California. All shows are also archived and can be listened to at any time in any place in the world.